0: Hey, this is Combo Courses podcast, and um, this is unscripted, straight out the top of my head. <laughs> uh, probably uh, an ill-advised way to do this, but this is how I do it. And um, let's get this started. I'm gonna answer some questions, and I'm keeping it live. So if you actually are talking to me now, you'll you'll be you'll have appeared on this podcast. It's gonna survive forever. So let's do this. I got a few questions first of all from I believe these came from my um from my Convo, YouTube combo courses site but I'll ask I'll answer some ones that came from email and everywhere else and if you happen to be live and ask questions I'll I'll do my very best to answer those questions but let's start with um let's start with what is it like to be in IT daily. I think I got this one. I got this one a few times actually, but I want to say I got this particular one from um, email. Somebody emailed this question to me What is it like to do IT day to day? So, um, real cybersecurity day to day. So, it really depends on your job. Cybersecurity is a very big field, it, it's a huge field. Like, you have all these different categories of of uh, cybersecurity. You've got people who are in cryptography, you know, mathematicians, people who are professional hackers, people who are, do pen testing, people who do assessments, cybersecurity assessments. You've got people to do information system security officer work, compliance, governance, people who actually are just firewall administrators. you got IP, uh, IPS administrators, IDS administrators, cybersecurity. And you get the idea, there's many different categories. So when you say cybersecurity, what's your daily life like? It really depends on what job you're doing. But f- I can tell you about a few of them that I've done in my career. Um, so I've done, um, I did uh, network engineering for a while. I could tell you what that's like day to day and I can tell you <clears throat> I can tell you information system security officer work. Man, I did that for a really long time. I can tell you what that's like. And I can tell you what a cybersecurity analyst does. So, let's start with the one I know the best, which is information system security officer. What is that like to do every day? What's the daily life of that? For for every single situation it depends on the organization. And um, you have a large medium and small organizations and what i've i've worked in all of those and the the amount of work that they get the it really depends on how much work they're getting at that time too is what's going to affect your those are all factors that are going to affect your daily routine and how much workflow you have um the biggest things that affect your daily routine is going to be if they have processes that are in place The best organizations are the ones who have very clearly defined processes and they're able to figure out how much work goes to each person. Those are the best because they allow you to actually manage your time in the day. The worst ones are the ones who don't know what they don't have a clearly defined process, um, policy or procedure, and it's just chaos. They're just kind of throwing things against the wall, see what sticks. They're the wor- it's the worst because you they'll they can have you doing work, and then you you deliver something and they're like this isn't what we wanted you know, and that's very frustrating psychologically frustrating. Anyway, you want to know what you do on a day to day basis for information system security officer work. So, an information system security officer is going to be a person who is coordinating with a lot of different uh, stakeholders. Stakeholders are people who have an interest in the information system security assets and the assets are the information systems the important information that they if you think of a bank so in a bank they have servers uh, and they have their all of their clients data the data is is very essential to their business and the system that that data sits on is an asset because if that goes down you don't have access to your data or the data is corrupt or whatever right so an information system security officers working with the people who have to – who are directly interacting with that data, interacting with the customers, interacting with the larger organizations. So they're talking to everyone from the C-level execs, but mostly they're, they're talking to other technical people. They're talking to other um, other policy people that's in the organization. So what are they talking about? They're talking about, okay, Windows uh, had a bunch of patches on Tuesday. We have to d- – where those implemented? Um, they're talking about things like that. Uh, they're talking about – they'll be talking to, like, say, the vulnerability management team. Like so you have a whole other team or a person who does nothing but handles the vulnerability management. So information a security officer, one of their tasks is going to be to make sure that the security controls are still – Uh, in place effectively in place on a regular basis continuous monitoring is their main is really the main job you do that means all the time looking at the security controls and making sure that they're adequately in place that includes making sure documentation is up to date that includes making sure that if there was a recent scan you're going to be looking through that scan and, and, and analyzing okay are our controls still in place you may do things like that and then it, if something's off, like you have a bunch of critical findings, you have a bunch of things that says, okay, Windows, Microsoft's out of date, uh, Linux is out of date, Oracle's out of date, uh, Adobe Photoshop's out of date, and you have this huge list, now you have to see what is going on. So you'll be coordinating, a manager will be like, hey, we just got this scan in, could you take a look at the, it, and it's looking like it's really bad, could you take another look at it? You'll take a look at it, right, that might take you... A few hours, you're drinking in the morning, you drinking your coffee in the morning, where you're looking at this report, and you you ha- now you have to figure out what's going on. So you can't arbitrarily just assume everything is is bad. Like there may be some things. Some of it might be a false positive. Some of it might have just been cleared. Is this an, is this old data? Uh, is this stuff that we need to, that we can fix? When can we fix it? You won't answer those things by yourself. So you have to coordinate with, say, the the vulnerability management team maybe they maybe they gave you an old scan maybe the scan is accurate but a bunch of these systems are about to be decommissioned they're about to leave like you have to figure that out so the only way to figure that out is to work with the team so a lot of your work is working directly with the team to figure out what's going on with the with the security controls that's that's the main job you do And then you're documenting what's going on like let's say you meet up with the vulnerability management team and they you guys have a 30-minute meeting and they explain to you um yeah though that is the most recent scan but we're we just moved to this new scanner so uh here's the here's the other uh scanner scan data we just moved to another scanner uh and here's the results and then you maybe you guys go through the results together right on the call 30 minutes later you realize you don't have as many uh, as many critical findings as you thought you did but you do have a few and now you have to coordinate with another group the system administrators because you got to figure out okay why is this why haven't these um, configurations been applied you meet with them And you go through the same thing like okay you're walking through here's what I found you show them what you found Uh, vulnerability management team says that uh, according to the new scan data this is not configured correctly Um, but they say that it's been patched but it's not configured correctly can you take a look at this and you guys look at it so it's mostly with information as a security officer it's mostly meeting with stakeholders documenting findings of, of what's going on and continuous monitoring That's really your main job. A lot of your time is spent interpreting controls, making sure the controls are still remain effective in the environment. So this is a little different from what you might see for a cybersecurity analyst. So. What does it look like for a cybersecurity analyst from day to day? Cybersecurity analyst is somebody who's looking at logs. They're looking at, they might work in a security operations center. They're looking at, this is just one type of security analyst, by the way, cybersecurity analyst. But the one that I did was I was in a SOC and we just looked at, we looked at data coming in and out. So our whole day, and we did shift work because you have to constantly have eyes on on the data coming out and the data is constant is never it doesn't stop it doesn't have weekends off it doesn't have holidays so the data is constant and going on all the time as a matter of fact when somebody really wants to hack you they're going to do it at 3 a.m on christmas eve you know it, they're not playing around so you you have to have you have to always be looking at the data so your whole day is spent literally looking at data on a screen and then taking some of it Taking the interesting traffic, that means the traffic, like you already know like there's there's a certain amount of data that's gonna go in and out for for people's work. And it, looks, it might look suspicious, but you already know like this stuff is, we already know what this stuff is. But there's gonna be just a little bit of traffic, like 1% of traffic that's called interesting traffic that you're gonna really look at and you're gonna analyze it. You're gonna take that data. Let's say it's like, it looks like somebody has tried to log in Five thousand times in three seconds uh into this one particular system and that system might be an asset right maybe it's a it's a uh system that you have in a dmz that uh, holds public records or something for uh for you for your users for clients for the organization so you might look at the the logs on what's going on like what happened here was this an internal system you're going to be looking at the source the destination and what occurred, and then you're going to make a determination on whether you should escalate it to a security incident. If it's a security incident, then you have to alarm someone else in your organization, an incident response team, to figure out, for so for them to either check out that box to see if it's actually hacked, see what this traffic is, and maybe even implement like a something with the firewall team to stop that to stop that traffic. So that's mainly what you do on a day-to-day basis for cybersecurity analyst work where you're just basically looking at data, looking at logs and trying to find what where the interesting traffic is to stop it, to see if it needs to be escalated or to ignore it. It's uh, something that needs to be ignored because we already know what this traffic is. It's something that our people need to do their work. That's, that's kind of your whole day and it's shift work. So you're gonna be working like either a day shift for 12 hours Or a mid shift, night shift, uh, a swing shift for twelve hours, or a night shift for twelve hours. So, um, the last one. Let me see. We talked about information security officer. What do they do? We talked about cybersecurity analysts. What do they do? The other one is technical. I where you're actually fixing things. So this one let me see let me see uh i was an architect doing uh a seam some seam technology at one point my job was what i did was i was in 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 charge of uh or one of the people on the team i don't remember what I, i was in charge for a little bit but i was a part of a team that made sure that the seam was up and running at all times so if something broke um somebody would ring the alarm call us whatever they have to do and we have to come in there and fix it so we at we were responsible for upgrading it setting it up and maintaining it and and in some occasions we would create content uh for the actual analysts so we that means that we would make sure we would look for things like we would create like a rule we like it's like it's not programming but it was it was very similar to programming like you would make a rule set that would would trigger whenever say somebody try attempted to log in a specific system a certain amount of time um within a certain period of time or something like that it was what you you could do or if somebody came into this port on the firewall and they went to this system and they they did this service you would write a program, sort of, it's not really a program, but you would write content to where it would trigger and then send an email or a message or a pop up on a screen to tell the security analyst, hey, look at this, this is interesting traffic, this this might be of interest to you, check this thing out. So that's what I would do. My daily routine was, if there was nothing going on, like if there was nothing to fix or, if there, you know, nothing is down, there was no... Uh, there's no content to create. Then, you know, sometimes I'd be organizing some of the old content that they had. Like they'd have all of these old um, manuals. I would update those, um, or I would. I'd be researching like the new upgrade or just. Studying a lot of times, I was studying to be honest with you, because I I was new to the system. So a lot, it's probably seventy percent of my time was studying the system and trying to figure it out, and then learning the back end of it. Because at the time it was on Oracle, it was very complicated. So I was trying to constantly study and figure things out. So that was seventy percent of my time was studying. Uh, And then the other percent of my time was fixing things. Oh, this thing went down or, hey, we we need content for this or creating content for people. Uh, So that was that was what my job was like. And I noticed like most of my purely technical jobs were like that, where you were just pretty much sitting around until something went wrong, until something happened. Like when I worked, when I was doing network engineering, most of my time was like studying studying cisco stuff and if something was nothing was broken we were just waiting we were just sitting there waiting or we'd be on call or something like that but um it wasn't it wasn't constant meetings it was in a way less stressful because you only would get stressed when something was broke and then it was like a you know it was like an alarm and things on people's hairs on fire people panicking and freaking out and stuff like that so the technical jobs i would say are actually easier I know that sounds crazy, but actual purely technical jobs, you're sitting around waiting for something to happen. And if nothing's happening, you're chilling. <laughs> you're chilling, man. Um you could chill in a, a cyber analyst job. The the analysts who weren't very good or don't know what they're looking at, they they kind of just they didn't really have a lot to do because they don't know they don't really know what's interesting traffic and what's not. They don't. They didn't really know like how to def, where to go or what to do. So they were just staring at a screen of a bunch of data they don't understand. And so that we would, what would happened is they would get these other tasks. Hey, do this task. Clear out this queue here. We have all of this traffic. Look through all of this traffic right here and see. You know, see if you see anything interesting. Stuff like that. So. That's what you do on a daily basis. I hope that that answers that question. Somebody asked me, what do you do if you're information security officer? So I just expanded on all the other ones. Let me see, what other questions do I have here? Uh, what is it like working in IT? It really depends on the job. Um, it, it depends on the job that you're doing. Having done purely technical, operational, and uh, like a, more of a management side of the house, it's it's different for each one um over overall i would say number one you, there is a there's way more job security in it i will give you that so let me let me give you some pros and cons pros let's start with the pros there's way more job security in it even if even if you're a contractor and you get laid off you if if you're in it and you've got like two three years of experience you can get another job it may not be the job you want It may not pay as well as your other job. A lot of Americans, they complain about they can't find a job. They really, there's lots of jobs here. A lot of times they don't want to do this or that job. And it's the same thing in IT. Like a lot of times you have, there's jobs there, but it doesn't pay this. You don't feel like moving here or there. There's always something going on, but there i would say it the biggest pro for me has been uh job security i can always find a job it may not be where i want to go it may not be not what i want to do it may not be a great company it may not pay well but it is always a job that i can do um another pro is um i noticed that it's less and i i know this is not going to apply to everyone But they don't tend to care where you're from or what you look like as long as you can do the work. This is such a huge bonus because I've worked in other jobs before. You know, when I was much younger, I did other jobs. I was a cop um, for a a whole, like five years. And for being a cop, first of all, is the most stressful job I've ever done in my life, number one. Number two, you had, there's a, they're not going to discriminate necessarily against your size or weight or whatever, but you did have to be in some kind of physical shape. And then you, uh, hmm, how can I, <laughs> there is not, dis- I mean, I'm not going to say it's discrimination, but in IT, they, it just takes your mind. Like you don't have to be physically fit. You don't have to be so tall or you don't have to, you know, like it's, it's, Less based on physical and more focused on what you can bring, who you are, what can you can bring to the table skill wise. And I really appreciate that. That's a huge pro that I have not seen in any other jobs I was I was in in my life. Um, Another pro. Let me see. What are other good things, benefits of I.T.? It pays usually pays better than most jobs. I would say that's another thing it usually pays and has more benefits like medical and stock options and 401ks and all that bonuses, all that kind of stuff you see regularly in IT. You don't always see that in security jobs, like physical security jobs. You don't always see that in in some of the medical field jobs that my, my wife is in a CNA. She doesn't see a lot of stuff that I see as far as like, IT has so many extra benefits and perks, and more money on as as a whole. It it pays more. Not all jobs, but on average, it pays more than most. Whether you're in retail or you're you're uh, a cook or if you're if you know restaurant hotel industry, they they make way less money. As a matter of fact, a, a old coworker of mine. Um, who worked on that seam system with me he was like a professional services seam uh, guy and a seam is a security in, uh, information event manager that collects logs and then people look at the logs or whatever but he worked at this company he told me that his dream was to become a cook and he did he actually he was an older guy he was like i don't know when i met him he's like 45 50 something like that he's my age now but back then you know he was i was in my 30s he was uh, 15 years older, or something like that anyway so he was telling me how he used to be a cook back back in the day like in his 30s and 20s and stuff and he he it was his dream job he's a great cook apparently he actually ran his own hotel and he was he said it just didn't pay that good it just wasn't and he own, he owned his own uh restaurant did i say hotel he owned his own restaurant at some point he was a cook and he did it he went to school to be a cook all that he spent thirty thousand dollars to become a cook all this stuff and he he wasn't making a lot of money and uh he said he moved into it because it makes more money he didn't necessarily want to do it but it just made so much more money like he was making like six figures when i was talking to him And had all these crazy bonuses from selling stuff, like from selling IT products and services. So yeah, I mean, it pays way better. Some of the cons, let me see. So pros, we talked about, it doesn't, they don't look at you physically. Um, They just wanna know what you can do. That's why they'll hire people from other countries with a huge accent. They'll hire people who are super, who, who are goth and have earrings in their freaking face, you know, have tattoos all over, uh they'll hire people that you know black white asian doesn't matter like they don't care can you do the job that's what they care about you know that's a huge for me huge bonus i love that i love being able to work with other people too all from all over the world for me that's a a huge bonus um and it pays well has great benefits so we talked about all that now let's talk about the negative stuff the negative stuff with it is i would say it kind of depends on what what part of it you're going to it can be very stressful um in in what i do which is more of uh it's more governance and risk management framework it can get very it can be very stressful at times and then if you are a uh, another one i've done i currently do is risk assessments it can get very stressful there's a lot of money involved and companies, uh, you know, their whole—sometimes their entire livelihood depends on the assessments that they get, because <laughs> they, you know, it's a lot of stress involved, and and they're constantly under attack by, by all of these different. By all of these different, um, you know, hackers and stuff. Like it's a it's a war going on all the time. So it can be very stressful, depending on what job you go to. I've been at some jobs where, like, the network engineering job wasn't stressed. It was it was pretty chill. Like we didn't we just didn't do anything until something happened. Like we studied, of course, you know, or or maybe they want us to document the 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 network or something like that. But if there was nothing going on, if so there's nothing broken, you were chilling. It depends on the job. So it can be stressful. Um, It can be volatile too. I know one of the pros I said was that it makes more money and it's more stable, but you can always find a job. But that said, it's constantly moving. Like it's volatile. Like you constantly have to learn to keep up with the craft. And you, you know, in that way, it's not like banking where you learn it one time and then you're good right? You, you learn how to flip houses one time and then it doesn't, it's not going to just suddenly change. It's going to remain that way for years. In IT, like you constantly have to learn. So that is for some people, that's definitely a con. Um, if you, if you, you can lose your skills, you know, it's, it's almost like a musician, like a a really good guitarist. Like if you don't play for a long time, you can, you can lose your, your skills (laughs) But also it's constantly moving. So and then like another thing that's volatile is the companies are constantly moving. Like you can get into a small company and they, they get this huge opportunity to have a contract with this gigantic organization and then they make millions of dollars for a while, then boom, it's gone, and they hire someone else. It's just volatile in that way. So those are the main pros and cons of IT. Uh, it can be stressful, it can be volatile, but on the other hand, it makes more money. It is pretty stable if you have the skill set and uh, and it has good, pretty good benefits. So somebody said, Techno P says, I have a question during an, an interview. Uh, what is the question? I have a question during an interview. He says, uh, they asked me, how will i configure a new it information system as an iso i told them as an iso i don't configure them but i ask uh they ask me to just explain the process if i'm faced uh with the job here's what i would say and i don't know if this is right or wrong but anytime I've, i'm asked questions like this i always tell them like i will re- i'll rely on my team like uh what am i configuring number one like it depends on what i'm configuring let's say i'm configuring this is what literally what i would say on this interview i i would say well it depends on what i'm configuring i have done it before right important piece i have done it before but normally what i do is i consult with the person who is in charge of that system let's say it's a uh uh let's say it's a firewall right so number one what kind of firewall is it the person who's in charge is going to know what kind of firewall that is Um, if it's a let's say okay it's it's a cisco asa it's a cisco asa firewall all right i would sit down with them and i would want to see how they've configured the firewall i'd sit down and 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 work with them to figure out um, how we can best implement security on this system so when I'm, so right here, what I'm telling them is that I am willing to do that work. I wouldn't, So if I tell them, well, I don't do that. I'm, I'm an ISO. I don't, I don't do that. I'm right there telling them what I'm not going to do. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is tell them, you want to tell, you want to always emphasize how you can help them, right? Now, if you don't want to do anything technical, then, yeah, you said the right thing because you don't want the job, basically. But if you want the job you don't want to tell them no you don't want to tell them no you want to you want to find a way to tell them yes does that make i hope that makes sense so like i said so number one i'm telling them immediately well the first thing i'm going to first so first of all i do have experience configuring systems i do um now as your iso i'm going to work with the people who are in charge there. i'm assuming that you have a team that's already doing the firewalls and by the way what is it is it is it a firewall is it a server depends kind of depends on what i'm doing they let's say they say server what's well, the server 2012. okay so the server uh, windows microsoft 2016 whatever server it is so i'm going to sit down with the team and i'm going to learn what it is what, what, what we're doing to the to the standards of the organization so Yeah, I'm going to work with the team, figure out what's going on and then do and make sure that the system is configured within the security standards and policies within the organization. I'm telling them, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm telling them I'm willing to work with the team. I'm telling them, yes, yes, yes. That has gotten me hired almost every time, almost every time, because nine times out of 10, the place that you're going to. Is working with a team of people. They want to know that you're willing to work with a team of people, that you're willing to roll with the punches because some some especially smaller organizations, smaller organizations are awesome by the way. They're awesome because especially if they're on the rise, you can you can get stock options early in the company. You can get um, you can be a part of the building their their actual organization to this next level. Um, they're usually way more flexible with you. So anyway, you're in a smaller organization and a lot of times they need you to wear multiple hats. Like it sounds like what they were really asking is, are you willing to do it? Right? Not necessarily because they, especially if they didn't tell you the, if they said, okay, it's a firewall, you're on a firewall, ASA, Cisco, and you need to configure it to, um, to block the any any's on the firewall now they're asking you okay are you a firewall administrator that's kind of different they're asking you to step through what you're gonna do you know what i mean that's if you don't have the skill set you don't want to lie to them and try to to fake it you want to be like no nah, i'm not really a firewall administrator but i'm willing to learn you know so once again you're telling them you're telling them yes like i don't i have not done it before with an asa but i'm willing to learn i i have worked with a uh juniper firewall whatever i don't know if juniper even has a firewall i have worked with a palo alto firewall but i've never worked with an asa one so i'd be willing to learn it you know i'm not sure directly immediately how to configure it but i'm willing to to work with your team and learn it so so that that would be how i would answer it and it's worked every time as a matter of fact the current job that i had asked me something to that effect they asked me a question i didn't know they asked me um Well, I think it was PCI compliance. I'd never done it before. I've never done, I'm not a PCI guy. PCI is a a risk management framework for credit cards, uh, for credit card systems, systems that take your credit card information. They have to have a certain level of security uh, to protect our privacy whenever you run your credit card through. And I didn't know it. And I flat out said, well, you know, I told, here's what I said. He said, so have you ever done PCI, because we have a couple clients that have PCI and we need somebody who has that skill set. What do you bring to the table for that? If you were asked to work with PCI, what can you, you know, what can you bring? And I said, well, you know, sir, I've not done PCI DSS before. I am familiar with it. I've heard of it. I know it's in line with what I've done before, risk management framework. But to be honest with you, I've never done PCI on a on, uh, on a system before but i'd be willing to learn it it's something i'm actually very excited to learn about you know and i'm and actually i have looked at it before and it looks very similar to what i've already done many many times with risk management framework so i'd be very interested in, in learning that with the team boom all right somebody said i just completed an online course risk management framework and and fisma and i watched a lot of your videos and i will like to know your best advice on getting my first job what kind of job uh what kind of job you willing to recommend i apply what kind of job will you recommend i apply to um okay so for this i would ask you brown what kind of background do you have what's your what's your background first of all is what i would ask you Because what your background is, is going to determine what I would recommend to you. Um, I, I get this question often. I get this question often, Brown. So, it really depends on what your background is. SCA at Brown. Are you... Okay, Michael Fernandez, you're saying SCA. Are you brown? Or <laughs> what? I'm wanting to know what brown's background is. And I can answer this question to the best of my ability. Um, because what I could tell you is like what I've told some other people. I can give you a couple examples. Um, I had a teacher who was like a superintendent and uh, he or she... Uh, I've, I've had a couple teachers ask me this, and I don't blame them because teachers are not paid super; they're not paid like they should be. I'll put it to you that way. But a couple of teachers, more than one, have come and reached out to me and said, "Hey, look, I'm trying to do what you're doing. How how do I get into it?" And I told them, "Listen," I said, "In this, they they don't have technical background." I said, "Look, you might not even want to do IT stuff." You might want to do, you know, and I gave them some examples of stuff that are in parallel with IT, such as uh, program management. Program managers make as much or more than your average IT person, but they're not having to do all this technical stuff. They don't have to take a security, uh, they don't have to take an IT certification. They they have their own whole path that has its own certifications. And if you've done administrator work before, it's going to be just it's going to make sense to you. It's going to make if you're a program manager. So that's one thing. But Brown says, I do not have a background in risk management. I'm a cable technician and I'm looking to branch into I.T. OK, so first of all, you're in you are in a certain. You are adjacent to I.T. So what I would do personally, if I was where you're at, you're, you're actually in a good position here. And then let me explain to you why. Um, explain to you why. So as a cable person, uh, when you get into networking, networking has some stuff about cable, cable, uh, land cables, how, it can, how to how to how um, to. Oh, my Lord, I'm having a huge brain. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but you have your four pair, or your eight pair of wires and you have to uh Configure the wires to in a certain way to send data or to send voice. And I, the names are escaping me. I've just haven't done it in a really long time. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is what I would do if I was you, if I was a if I laid cable, if I, if I was a cable technician, what I would do is start to uh, get into networking because networking is going to make a lot of sense to you as an, as a cable person. Um, Let me show you, let me show you if I can uh, show you my screen here. And now, now keep in mind, I'm doing this straight off my, off the dome here. (laughs) So um, if I was in doing cable, if I was running cable, cable technician, and maybe cable for like uh, people's homes, like actual, uh, what is it called? What's the cable called that you run? is it it do you mess around with cat5 at all or is it all um what is it called 10 base t man i'm really dating myself what kind of cable is it is it actual so regardless of what kind of cable it is i'll put it to you like this if you get into networking now i'm on indeed.com i use this a lot a better site would be dice.com or linkedin.com monster.com all those are very good places to go But what I would do if I were you is I would look into entry level networking. It's gonna make sense to you. It's some of the what stuff that you do in cable, in cable, laying cable, cable technician, is going to align with networking. I guarantee it. Because you're gonna understand some of the stuff that they talk about with signals. You're gonna understand some of the stuff they talk about. As far as different types of cables, having different kinds of signals, if you ever worked with fiber, if you've ever worked with um, a 10-base T, I don't, I don't remember, coax cable, or if you've ever worked with um, uh, Ethernet, e- um, CAT5 or CAT6. So those are all things that you probably have touched before. Or have heard of, so it's in line with what you're already doing. So number one, if you go to Indeed.com and you look for entry level networking jobs, entry level networking, you can follow along with me if you want. I'm on Indeed.com and I'm just typed in entry level networking. So here you have tech, you have a help desk technician. Now you know, don't, don't laugh at these positions. You want somewhere to start, right? It's very important. You get your foot in the door with the technical entry-level position because nobody, you know, and think about your bank. Like you want your banker to be fresh off the street and not know anything about banking. No, you want them to have some level of experience. And the more, and so I'm kind of going through these entry-level networking. So that in networking itself is not a good, it's not a key, good keyword. Um, so, you said CCNA. So, you said, I totally understand your answer. I've looked into networking courses and I'm very familiar with the CCNA exam. There you go. Now, this guy knows what he's taught. That's this direction you go CCNA. So, let's type that in. Entry levels. In fact, you can actually start with a CCENT, CCENT, which is um entry level uh, certification for Cisco. I think you have to start with a cce these days. I don't know. I've been so I'm so out of that, out of touch with networking these days. But look, IT support engineer one, it doesn't start off with a lot of money, but you're not looking at the dollars per hour just yet. Right now, you're focused on the skill set, the skills and the experience that you get equal money. OK, that's the that's the key. IT field technician is another one that you will fully understand and and completely get because a lot of this is actually implementing people's local networks. Uh, IT help desk. IT, you wanna start off from the beginning and you go on to say, uh, I want to work remotely because I recent, a recently family dynamic and so I took the course in... Uh, I took a course in risk management framework and FISMA. So to start off with, that's good. I'm not saying don't don't study risk management framework. Very, very important. And I'll tell you why, okay? You're gonna wanna make your money initially and get your foot in the door with networking. Here's what I would do. Here's my strategy. Is what I would do from, you, from where you're talking about. You're gonna wanna get your foot in the door with networking. Why? Because you're gonna, first of all, you're going to understand it almost immediately because it's going to be talking about signals. It's going to be talking about different media that you use to transfer data. You're going to get that. So you're going to it's going to click to you. Number one, and not not a lot of people understand networking. And it's a super important piece of being an IT person that a lot of people don't get. You're going to understand it. Okay, now it does go into uh, TCP IP and all that kind of stuff, but that's your bread and butter. You got to learn it. And um, you got to learn it. IPv4, IPv6, you have to learn it, all right? It, it has a little math in it. It's not impossible. It's not freaking rocket science. Um, so if I put to you like this, if I can do it, you can do it, all right? So anyway, so I was if, from cable technician I would go into networking as an entry level person all right you're not going to just jump into risk management framework in fisma all right it's just it's really it's any kind of security stuff it takes 3 to 4 years of IT to get into cybersecurity all right i cybersecurity is not an entry level it's not entry level stuff but i can tell you how you can start to get on the on ramp for uh, risk Manager Framework, FISMA, and, and cybersecurity. Where where there's money, by the way, <laughs> but networking has money too. So start with networking. Get your c c n e t Get your CCNA. CCNA is money. It's cash money. See, let me show you something else here. Let me take you back to the screen here. Here's here's why I would take the strategy of starting off with networking. Let me show you something. I'm just going to type in CCNA here. CCNA is a damn good certification. I know because I had it before, and my first IT job outside of the military is because I had a CCNA. CCNA is no joke. Uh, if you get a CC, especially now, it's much harder to get now. When I get when I did it, it was like one test. Now they've broken it up into two or three tests. um It's it's much harder now. But look at these jobs. like look at this. Look at this. I don't know if you can see this, but that says. Net uh, network operations technician. Now all I did was type in CCNA, and this is a sixty thousand dollar job. Okay, now there's some for twenty two dollars an hour, but these are entry level positions. You want to get into those entry level positions, do them for about six months to a year, put it on your resume, and then the next step is going to be something like a network administrator, a junior network administrator. Okay. You and with networking, you really got to know your stuff. By the way, you can't just you can't fake it with networking. They'll test you right on the spot. It's kind of like software engineering. Like if you don't know, <laughs> if you, you cannot fake network engineering or software engineering. They will they're gonna they're gonna see immediately if you know what you're talking about or not. That's why it's imperative that you start off get your CCN. The CCNA CCENT is so that you can study and know the common body of knowledge that you need to know in order to uh navigate these fields that you're about to get into all right and start to uh start to create your own virtual environments because you can literally start to study it and have your own network virtually on your pc and start to know how to network uh routers and switches and, uh, and stuff like that, IP routing, all that kind of stuff. You can literally start to do it on your own system with something called um, GNS, GNS3 is one of the ones that you can use. And they've got tons of other applications that you put on your computer and it has like a little network diagram and you can configure this, you can log into this little uh, virtual router and then configure the interfaces on the router and all that kind of stuff. So yeah like i'm excited for you man if you're actually doing this um i'm really excited for you to, to start your career because i think you're going to click on it and it's it's going to work and you say in in risk management framework i'm familiar with documenting at, uh fips 199 fips 200 um, system security plans i believe i am competent for the task i want to move out of out of the networking field. So you're saying that you are already in the networking field. Is that what you're saying? Cause you said that you are a cable technician. If you're a cable, I'm assuming that you, you are somebody who installs cable for people, whether that's, so you, you, so if you're, okay, let me give you a couple of, of things here. It, let's say you are a network engineer and you've been in the field um, for, let's say a year. Like you've been a network engineer, you work for an organization who has routers and switches, you understand routers and switches, you, you can set up a network and you have about a year of experience. And you, let's say you have a C, uh, you, you didn't say you had any certification, so I'm assuming you don't. First, uh, first step, if you are a network engineer and you have a year of experience, is go ahead and go for a security plus. Go for a Security Plus. Security Plus is a very good certification, and it it will get your foot in the door of a many different jobs. All right. Now I know people, there's gonna be some people who watch this video, especially IT guys, gonna be like, why is this guy always talking about certifications? I'm trying to make people money. Listen, the industry, you may not like it, but the industry does look at certifications and they, they look very highly on certain certifications. Security Plus is one of those certifications. So get the certification. I mean, if you want to make, do you like money? If you like money, get the certification. You don't have to like the process, you know? Don't, (laughs) it doesn't make sense to hate the the, the game. Like, I mean, you can hate the game, but play it. You got to still play it, you know what I mean? So get the certification. Okay, so Brown says, like you rightfully said, my job is borderline networking. Exactly, that's why you start off, Brown, with networking. Because you already understand it. Get your CCNA, get your CCENT. I'm talking about if all you do is, if you're a cable technician, your next level is network, is either help desk or network engineer. And I'm saying network engineer because if you understand networking, you are already three steps ahead of most people who are entry level in this, in IT. I mean, if you're an IT guy, tell me I'm wrong. Most people don't understand networking and they get through this whole field without knowing, understanding it, without doing any of it. You already have a little taste of it. And all you gotta do now is take that next step, which is get that CCENT, CCNA, whichever one. I think you gotta get CCENT first, then uh, get your foot in the door with a networking job, like a junior level networking job. After you get about six months to a year in, you could probably go straight for a Security Plus and apply for a risk management framework job. You, you can apply, I mean, you can't, you, not probably, you can apply for it. I can't guarantee that you would get it. Um, they're looking for a little bit more experience, like two, three years of experience being, doing IT stuff. Um, but you could, if you, with your cable background, you could probably have a little bit more leverage in there another question is do you have a degree that's another one michael uh, fernandez says they will ask you for a security plus and a ceh um <laughs> uh don't hate the game yeah i mean that's another one see it's funny because cc ceh people hate that's especially hackers man they sh- they talk so much crap about C C E H. ceh And I'm like, listen, the HR departments who are hiring people and paying people who hold the purse strings, those are the guys asking for the CEH. Do they know what they're talking about? Of course not. They're not IT people. You know, the real certification to get is the OSCP or the, you know, Cali Linux, those kinds of certifications. Uh, SANS course pen testing certifications are legit. C.E.H. is is I know. Listen, C H is a list of different um, is the processes that uh, you use for uh, pen testing and hacking, stuff like that. And it's just a list of tools. And that's the test. <laughs> I mean, that's from what I've heard. Oh, OK. But guess what? It pays a lot of money. Like if you like money, then do it. If you like if you like money, if you don't like money, OK you know go hack some systems or something uh brown says uh and i know people are gonna hate me because i said just said that but i'm just saying like i mean do you do you want to make money in this field or not um brown says what if i was a teacher or a nurse um like i said um you brown if you are a cable technician you already have a leg up on a teacher or a nurse I do get teachers and nurses contacting me, asking me uh, to, if they to do risk management framework. And what I tell them is, I'm honest with them. Like doing cybersecurity takes two to three years of solid IT. Now, if you've been doing cable work for a while, guess what? Some of the stuff you've done qualifies as IT work. So you're you're almost there. Your next step is to do pure networking stuff or help desk. Either one would do, but networking would be way more beneficial to you in the long run. I'm just telling you. Um, so I would, if you are a teacher or a nurse, what I'd normally tell them is I tell them to either go into um, a help, some kind of entry-level help desk job, which is going to be hard for them because they they're starting from nothing. So I'll tell them, hey, use your current job as if you're a nurse, let's say you're a nurse. I say, use your current job to, at your hospital, let's say you work at, I don't know, Centura or some local hospital, right? And you're a nurse there. What I would do if I was a nurse at a hospital and I wanna go into ITs, I would start talking to uh, the IT guys there. I'd, I'd talk to them, see if you even wanna get into that career field then if they're if it's if it's legit and you're like wow you know this is something i really want to do talk to the uh talk to your hr department see if they have any programs for nurses to go into it you'd be surprised talk to the organization you work for even if it's if you're going to a college talk to the organization that you currently work for and say hey i'm i'm really wanting to get into it um do you guys have any programs to start IT work? Ask them, just ask them, ask the local help desk guy. Usually some geek will really want to talk to other people about their job, um, about either how horrible it is or how great it is, you know, and they're because they're, you know, um, you, you can really, they want to talk about their craft, especially if they love the work that they do, they're gonna to want to talk about it. So, so that's what I would say. Um, that's what I normally say to people who are coming in off the street, meaning like they have zero background, not like you that like already has, you're already doing cable stuff. You're already doing something kind of technical. You actually have a leg up on most people. Even I would even argue some IT people, you actually have more experience. You probably, have, you're, you'll be surprised um, once you get into this field. Um, you'll be surprised. Okay. Let me read a couple more comments here. It says, I am a... M. Joss says, I am in, I am new to the cybersecurity field. I received my master's degree in cybersecurity. Congratulations. But I cannot get my foot in the door. I received my degree in 2018. Any suggestions of what to do? Um, when you say new to the cybersecurity field, do you, do you mean that you, do you have a job currently? Oh, I am currently doing help desk work. Okay, good. This is good. Okay. Here's why I say, how many, years have, uh, how many years have you been on the help desk? How many years? And then do you have a certification? Because now what you wanna start doing is mapping out your path. But it depends on how many years you have or do you, how many months, how many, how long have you been on the help desk and do you have any IT certifications? My next question would be, What? where do you live? Because some places, the reason why I'm asking these questions is because when you want to level up, certifications is the way to do it. Like I said, a lot of IT guys don't like to hear this. Like They don't like paper tigers. About 10, 10 years? You have 10 years on the help desk. You have 10 years on the help desk. Is that what you're saying? Okay. How many certifications do you have? Do you have any? You have an A plus, a network plus, and a cybersecurity plus. Okay, something's wrong. All right, where do you live? In Maryland. Okay, something's seriously wrong. It's your resume, because resume is the mecca of cybersecurity. Yeah, there's no there's no other place there's no other place on earth that has more jobs for cybersecurity than Maryland. You're you're in. The, the mecca excuse my reference religious references here you're in you're in the main place where people hire everyone there's something's wrong like it's either your resume or something's going on like i yeah you should are you should have people in line to give you a job yeah, Maryland has the most jobs. Like It has more jobs than... I'm in Colorado. It has more jobs than, Colorado has like five bases. And Maryland, that area... It's not just Maryland itself. It's Maryland, Washington, D.C. And uh, that whole area in Virginia. That whole area has more... And why, why is that? Let me explain it. They have more federal organizations there, I think, than anywhere else in the United States. If I had to guess. They have all the three-letter organizations they have department of defense they have several other federal departments there and then you have like three states with all with all kinds of state departments like you have so many jobs there so whenever somebody says i can't find a job and i'm an it guy in maryland or virginia or whatever i'm like there's something wrong with your resume man It's it's gotta be it's gotta be i mean it's <laughs> people offer me jobs I'm thousands of miles away and they offer me jobs in Maryland constantly. I have to turn my phone off so so that they could stop calling me. I don't, yeah, something's wrong with your resume. All the jobs I, um, all the jobs I'm out for, they denied me because of lack of working experience. You have 10 years of experience, it's your resume. So, I mean, what I would, what you could do, um, You said you already have a security plus, a CompTIA security plus. I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) Are you a U.S. citizen? I mean, something's wrong. Michael Fernandez says he lives in Maryland, too close to D.C. What the F? Yeah, exactly. WTF. That makes no sense. Man, that makes no sense. I'm an MD and still waiting behind uh, to be hired. Maybe resume. Yeah, It's. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I get so many offers from that place. I mean, I. It's constant. Most of the jobs. I'm. Okay, you say uh, ten years on the help desk, not in cybersecurity field. Okay, so here's the thing, my man, and all you guys. Like, listen, if you're on help desk, you have done cybersecurity work before. You just have to. You have to put it on your resume. What you do is you put it on your resume. Have you ever updated a, a, um, an operating system before? If you've ever updated signatures on uh, antivirus, if you've updated the antivirus software, if you've installed antivirus software, have you ever created an account for a user? Have you ever uh, – all of those things are cybersecurity uh, things that you've done before. Have you ever written a document for your organization? That have you ever written instructions for your organization? Have you ever participated in helping them out with the policy? Have you ever done continuous monitoring? What is continuous monitoring? It's scans. Have you ever have you ever helped part of your organization run scans before? Have you ever had to connect the system to the network and had to put security on that, on that system? All that stuff should gotta be in your resume. It's gotta be up front because you've done security before. You're not just some help desk guy. You've done security, especially if you've done this for 10 years. If you've done this for 10 years, you definitely have 10 years of security experience. Active Directory, I mean, come on. You got to work with policies, you got to work with a domain, but it's all security. It's so many security stuff wrapped into uh endpoint devices like where you have to lock down the system lock down users all that security stuff you just have to put it on your resume it has to be on your resume so that you can say legitimately say i've done cybersecurity since 2000 the year 2000 or whatever you said 10 years so the year 2010 so yeah you can legitimately put on there you are a cybersecurity person if you have done any of the things that i just said for a number of years you just got to put it on your resume so if, if you if you're presenting your resume in such a way that it looks like there's certain things you put on your resume that makes you look like um that you've been doing you're on the help desk for a couple of years right but if you've done all this stuff, you need to put it on your resume and you need to highlight the cybersecurity stuff you've done. You need to put a ton of, of keywords on your resume so that people will see it. And when they do, as a matter of fact, let me, let me just show you a couple things real quick before I get off this thing. I gotta go cook some dinner. Yeah. But um, I just wanna show you something real quick. I want to show you something a couple things i mean i want to enlighten who because i'm seeing a couple people saying listen i i've been in i'm i live in virginia and i don't have a job and i'm an it person i'm telling you that that is nonsense i mean i'm not saying you're a liar but i'm saying that's ridiculous that is ridiculous it's virginia dc maryland are the hot spot for this whole thing right now it's going to change it's not it's not gonna last forever just like silicon valley didn't last forever you know it's not gonna last forever guys right now though it's a gravy train it's a gravy train There's people starting businesses out there there's people uh hiring tons of people out there i'm not i'm not even messing around with you half the jobs that i've gotten came from maryland if and i work from i'm in colorado i probably took four or five of you guys' jobs I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. You gotta, you gotta fix your resume. Cause that's the only thing I can see that's gotta be wrong. If, especially if you're doing the help desk for 10 years and wanting to get out, like they're not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if you want to, if you're trying to level up, if you're trying to move on, then, uh, yeah, I mean, and you're in Washington, DC, Maryland, Virginia, something's wrong. And it's got to be your resume. Okay, so what I'm doing right here in the back end here, just give me a second here. What I'm doing is I am uh, i am logging into a couple of uh, things here so I can show you guys what how, I was, how I've been able to do this for years. It is a method to my madness. I have not. The only time I'm unemployed is when I'm between jobs. Put it to you that way. I don't go without jobs. Even during COVID-19, I'm still getting job offers. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's doing the cybersecurity stuff. And there's a reason for it. And I'm going to show you that reason here in a second. As soon as I can log into my freaking account. (laughs) Give me a second here. I'm, tr- I'm really trying. I haven't logged in this thing in a long time. Ah, uh, what is going on? I'm trying to get into LinkedIn and I can't. Something's wrong. I'm about to lock myself out. Give me a second here, guys. I'll show you a couple things. The number the first thing I'm going to do is pay some bills. So let me. I'm going to switch over here let me show you something okay what you're looking at here is combo courses okay now combo courses is a condensed version a good a condensed organized version of my youtube channel where i take everything i've learned and i put it into a course some of these courses are free um some of these courses that I put out there are, are free on here. Organized. I'd spend hours working on this stuff. But let me show you one. It, it, it doesn't get a lot of sales, but it's, it's the one as in life has been the most beneficial to me. This is resume marketing and cybersecurity uh, for cybersecurity and IT. This right here is why I'm always employed this right this course right here what i did was i take took the method that i've been using for years and years since i got out of the military in 2000 i got in the military 2003 i've not been out without a job i always have a job i'm always offered jobs and and i was like why why am i so why am i so lucky it's not luck there's a process to it it's not luck guys success favors the prepared and that's what i'm showing you how to do on this on this on this now, if you if you don't have the money to do it, you know, I'm not listen, if you don't have the money to do it, don't buy it. Okay. But if you do, you buy this course, I'll walk with you every step of the way. All right. Like literally, you can you can contact me and I'll I'll look through your resume. All that stuff. But this right here, this process is how I've done it. And I I could tell you right now, look, I'll give you a bird's eye view of this thing. Some of this is free, by the way. Some of this parts of this very courses free go to combocourses.com. link in the description below some of it's free if you sign up it's some of it's free so number one what you want to do is you want to do you you have to do your research you have to do your research okay what does that mean i'm going to show you in a second you got to do your research once you do your research you got to focus on keywords you got to put those keywords in your resume Once you put them in your resume, once you fine-tuned and dialed in your resume, you want to advertise and market yourself. That's the name of the game. Link in the description below if you want to get to this site. This is the bread and butter. Success favors the prepared. Now, let me show you what I do to to research. This right here is LinkedIn. This is my LinkedIn page. Um, This is the one I use to get jobs. That's what you're looking at right here. Let me show you something. This is my resume right here. I haven't updated this in a while. I don't need it. I got a great job. I'm getting paid at this job. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you this is this could be you. All I've done is leveled up for the last 10 years, and that's why I'm at where I'm at. It wasn't easy, and it took time. But The reason why it has worked is because I have a method to my madness. It's not random. It's not luck. It's a process. Now, first thing I told you was I did my research. How do you research? You got to know what words people are using on their resume. So let me show you something. So if we type in, let's say you want to be in a risk management framework, okay? Risk management, risk management. So what you do is you type in risk management framework, risk management frame. See how it's already auto-correcting? A lot of research is just this right here. It's auto-correcting. This is telling you right here, typing in to get to this particular, these jobs. They're typing in risk management, risk management specialist, risk management analyst. There you go right there. There's some of it. Let's find another keyword here. Let's RMF. I mean, as soon as you, if you're following along with me, you're already conducting some research on your own. Now, look at this. I typed in risk management framework. Now, here's, this is important. First guy who pops up is a dude who has a CISSP, CEH, and ITIL and some other certifications, right? Why is this important? Because this is telling you how this algorithm on LinkedIn is behaving and this guy is number one so let's go see what this guy is saying you do your research by looking at this person's resume i'm not telling you to lie um but i'm telling you to steal so what you're going to do is you're going to go to this person's resume and you're going to look at the wording that they use what wording did this person use you're going to steal the wording that they use don't lie You're not lying, okay? What you're doing is you're wording the stuff that you have done with the language that is being used on this particular platform. Now, each platform's a little bit different. You go to dice.com, it's gonna be slightly different from LinkedIn. You go to monster.com, it's gonna be be different from this one. One of the things I also do on the course is I go through many of the ones that I use that have worked for me. Uh, that I I have not gone without. That's what I do. But right now, without you paying anything, I'm telling you right now, this is how you do it. Research number one step. Do your research. There's some other stuff that I go into on the course, but if we want to get to the guts of this thing, do your research. What is research? You're looking for the language of whatever whatever field you're getting into. Cybersecurity is huge. Like what? If you say, I want to be in cybersecurity, what does that even mean? Think about it. Cybersecurity is like 20 different fields. All right. It's risk management framework, it's network security, it's cryptography, it's forensics. There's so many different fields. You got to be specific. Now, that said, once you choose, let's say you cho- chose forensics, right? You chose forensics. You gotta realize that once you do your research, you'll realize, okay, well, forensics—the the average person in forensics is has a bachelor's degree, has a master's degree. The average person in forensics has a master's degree. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just I'm speculating. Okay, I don't—I've not been in forensics, but your research is going to allow you to know what the field is like, and what you need for that field. Some fields require no less than a master's degree. Some fields don't require a degree at all, all right? They require certification. Some fields are like super heavy on certifications. Listen, you can hate the game all you want, but I'm just telling you how it works. So number one, do your research. What is the field you're trying to go into? What do they need? All right, um, what kind of keywords do they use? You can, that's easy to find out. You just go to LinkedIn and you see what people are using in their resumes. You you, you look at employers and, and look what they're looking for. What are they typing in when they say they want a risk management framework person? How many years on average are they looking for? You'll find it's around two to three years, by the way. Now, if they want two to three years of experience that you don't have that in risk management, um, you might wanna look into your own organization and see if you can get in. You might even already have risk management framework experience. And that's one of the things I tell you how to put on, how do you put that on your resume? If you, how do you even know if you've done it? I, I'll give you one example. Like uh, M. right here says he's been doing help desk for 10 years. And I asked him like, okay, have you ever assisted with a policy before? What kind of policy was it was it sarbanes oxley was it a dss pci was it a risk management framework policy if it's a if you've helped to create a risk management framework now i know this i know that i know that sometimes our field like me as a risk management framework person as an iso i have reached out to firewall guys and said, hey could you i'm not i'm not firewall person could you put I'm trying to write this policy or procedure about firewalls. Could you add some stuff in here? And then they will give me what they have. They give it to me and then I use, I put it in a different language or whatever. You know, I translate it to where managers can read it to easy speak. <laughs> and then it's boom, it's a policy or it's a procedure or whatever. So if I've helped this, if this firewall guy's helped me by giving me the data, guess what? He has participated In a risk management framework, you can put that on your resume and you're not lying. So that's why I ask them, have you ever written a procedure? Have you ever written a policy? That's half of our job is uh, writing policies, reading through policies, correcting, updating policies. A lot of our job in risk management framework is doing that very thing. So if you've ever written a policy, if you've written a wiki, if you've written any of these things, especially if you've done it so that you can, your organization can be compliant with FISMA, can be compliant with state and local regulations, you have participated in security compliance. You have to put it on your resume, though. If you don't put it on your resume, no one's going to know that you ever did those things. I'm blown away when people tell me that they have been in Washington, D.C., Virginia, and, and Maryland and are not leveling up. It blows my freaking mind because that means your resume's jacked up. It's got to be. I mean, I don't know what else could be. I really don't because it's not racism. <laughs> it's, I could tell you that much uh, because they're hiring me in another state. You know how many, com- how many companies that I've worked for that were from Maryland? Quite a few. And I'm, I live in Colorado. So just telling you, the jobs are there. Um, okay, somebody else said, um, do you think not having a bachelor's degree will really hurt my chances? Um, I would say this, I'm just gonna be very frank about this. Um, it will hurt your chances of of making more money because a lot of companies, especially contracting companies, are looking for a bachelor's degree now there's things that you can do instead of a bachelor's degree that will help you to continue to level up and one of those is um certifications here we go again right certifications but certain certifications make as much or more than bachelor's degrees i'm just just being honest with you uh a lot of contracts the reason why a lot of contractors are looking for the bachelor's degree is because um, because it's federally it's federally mandated by um they even it's so the federal policy and directive is called 8140 8140 is very interesting it's one of the things i talk about in my in my um, course by the way 8140 let I, let me let me see if I can show you real quick I really got to get off this off this thing after this though <laughs> 8140 let me show you why so many people ask for this oh by the way so while I'm typing here one of the things that you can do um, one of the things that you can do instead of a bachelor's degree is a CISSP or a casp. Uh, certification and I'm going to show you why in a second here if I can find a good place for the okay you know what let me just show you my screen real quick should be safe okay so what I did was I just went into Google and typed 8140 certification Uh, 8140 like I said is a DOD directive it's actually used across federal many federal organizations use this and because of this, because uh, so many federal organizations and state organizations are jumping on the bandwagon for this 8140, a lot of co- a lot of organizations such as CompTIA.org, GIAC, and many, many of SANS, all these different organizations are jumping on the bandwagon and, cre- and marketing to the 8140 because they realize how important it is. Another thing you can do, by the way, is put it on your resume that you're working towards a bachelor's degree. Some companies will actually help you to get that degree, especially if you have skills. If you have skills, skills is the most important thing. It's more important than a certification, it's more important than a degree. The most important thing you can bring to the table is your skills and your experience. I and mean, by far, bar none, experience trumps everything. No pun intended. Experience over everything, okay? So, um, if you have a skill set, let's say they hire you because you're a Splunk master, right? You know Splunk inside and out. You know it's so good and you've been doing it for five years, all right? and But you don't have a degree. And they're like, look, we require a degree. However, we can see you have five years of Splunk experience and you're really good. So listen, we'll hire you, but you have to get this degree within two, three years or whatever, right? Within a year or whatever. Can you get it? Can you do that? Sometimes I do, I know that because they did that not for a degree. They did this for CISSP. I went into a job when I first got out of the military, one of my first jobs, my second job, actually out of the military. They said the requirement was I had to have a CISSP. And I, at the time, I did not have one. This was 2004. And um, this and I had a security plus, though. No, no, I didn't. I didn't have a security plus. So then they go, they go, listen. Um. This job requires, we see that you have skills though. We see you've been doing this in the military for X amount of years. You've been doing at times called DITS cap, diet cap. It's the same thing as risk management framework. They say, we we see you've been doing this. We need your skill set. Can you get a CISSP in a year? And I said, yeah, right? Always say yes. Remember, always say yes. I said, yes, I can do it, right? And I was confident at the time. I was confident I could do it. So I get in, they hired me, I get like a 20% raise, right? Because I'd been doing like straight up Linux. I, I was like a Unix administrator and doing like SATCOM stuff that I always wanted to do. I was doing all this networking, crazy freaking networking stuff. But I, number one, I wasn't super skilled at it. <laughs> and number two, uh, I was an entry level guy. So they weren't paying me very much but um i was able to learn it and all that kind of stuff but i wasn't like freaking the michael jordan of fucking i mean excuse my language (laughs) of unix but anyway uh so anyway i got this other job and uh they said listen if you can if you can if you can get this cissp in a year we're gonna hire you i said yes i can do it they hired me and not only so they paid for my cissp by the way they paid for me to go to a couple boot camps and uh they uh, paid for me to study all that kind of stuff. Anything I didn't think I did, I didn't do a boot camp for a CISSP. I did a boot camp for CEH or something, some kind of black hat thing that they had me do. But um, I ended up getting the Security Plus and And uh, they, they uh, said, okay, look, you're supposed to get the CISSP in a year. And I was so nervous to take it because I knew how hard it was. I said, look, I'll take the Security Plus right now after my year i took the security plus and they said okay you got i got the security plus and they said, okay look you, now you got to get that that cisp i said okay i'll do it so then the next year i studied for like two years straight to get the cisp and i got it um but but yeah so bachelor's degree that is a really good question do you, do you does it hurt you i would say it hurts your money <laughs> i mean i'm just being honest uh, and, and the higher degree you have, I'd say up to a master's degree, I'd say probably a PhD is not, master's degree is good, um, PhD is like a lot, a lot for, a for a little, um, unless you're trying to run a company or, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't get a doctorate, but, um, it's not necessary to make six figures, I should, i put it to you that way, okay, let me see, um, so what I was I showing you? Okay, yeah, I was showing you this 8140, and and showing you why it's important to get this the, cert- the uh, a certification or or a degree. This uh, 8140 not only goes into different certifications that you should get, but it goes into the time frame of how long you experience you should have, and it goes into degrees. And I, this is not this is not it. Okay let me see if i can find the actual 81 8140 policy um there's so many people advertising for it these days that uh it's hard to find the actual 8140 here's um here's the 8140 right here um i don't know if this is the full blown policy let me see degree let me see if i can find the actual nope that's not it nope Certification, certificate. It goes into certification. It doesn't. This part I don't think mentions the certifications by name, but they have another portion of this that does. It goes into how many years of experience you should have. It it details. Essentially, this is this is not the this is not the document. This is the directive. But there's another one that goes into greater detail about it, and I'll keep looking for it. As we talk here, so there's a directive and a policy that goes into how many years of experience they want an organization to have for their workers or for cybersecurity workforce. How many, if you have a degree, how many years, what kind of degree you should have at certain levels, and all that kind of stuff is what it breaks down. And that's what I was looking for because that right there is the reason why so many organizations are looking for. For looking for degrees and stuff yeah and somebody said um the higher you education you get uh go go get the that higher education if you can yeah absolutely i agree with that yeah so i'm not i'm not trying to bash uh, master's degrees or 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 uh or doctorates or anything like that yeah you should definitely get the higher one you get at the most prestigious co- college whatever you don't have to get it at a pre- prestigious college you don't it doesn't have to be a masters or a doctorate i'm just saying uh if you want six figures bachelor's degree uh you got to get a bachelor's degree i mean 9 times out of 10 most of the time i mean i have met people who are making six figures with with none of that it's very rare and they were they were geniuses <laughs> uh but it it does happen so um Let me see. I'm trying to find okay, well this is the best I can find right here. so let me just show you this. I don't want to leave you empty-handed here. So this is a breakdown of the 8140 uh, workforce DoD approved 8140 uh, eight formerly named eight, uh, 8570 baseline certifications. And so what they're saying is at this level AT, AIT level 1, which it means information assurance technician, Level one, they're wanting you to get one of these certifications. And then uh, level two, level one is like a help desk person. Like they're they're usually working on this one system right here and they're fixing, they're troubleshooting this system. Level two is, I believe that's like, it's everything in level one, but also includes networking. Like you gotta know a little bit more about how it attaches to the rest of the network. And then level three is when you're getting into like weapon systems, the specialized systems, and like maybe multiple uh, sites that have networking, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of how it was explained to me. And, uh, and since I've been in the field, that's kind of how they put you into these different boxes. And then information assurance management, that is dealing with the people who actually manage the help desk or manage the, the LAN or the environments, uh, the enterprise level stuff. And then they have other ones like architect, which I've never I've never been a, uh, worked with them. I, I've not done the, that position. Uh, cybersecurity uh, service providers. I've done some of these. I was an analyst at one point. Uh, incident responder. I've done that. Done auditing. And some of this stuff, and yeah, they they're looking for these particular certifications, and these do t- uh, change from time to time. So I hope that answered questions. Kind of a long-winded explanation of a, of something that was a little bit more simple. <laughs> um, okay, I'll answer. Let me read one more question. So I can get the heck out of here. Um, would you recommend moving from a GS federal ISO to a contractor position? The benefits and stability are good are really good with feds, but the pay is low. Um, Thomas Johns, I actually did a whole video. Please search out my video on this YouTube channel for this one, because I've been asked this a couple times, and I did a pretty thorough explanation of what I think somebody specifically asked me. They were a GS person, and they were trying to move into contract work, and they asked me what, whether they should do it, and what I did was I broke down the pros and cons of each, but I can very quickly do this. What do I think about this? Let me just pros and cons. Okay, GS position for ISO—they're not paid super high, but you got to take into account that they have the best benefits probably of anyone in the, US, in the United States, as far as the United States is concerned, right? You Probably can't compare to uh, uh, Sweden or something like that, but in the in the United States, the the GS positions probably have the best, the best. Um, benefits they have the most time off they have really good medical benefits which is super important in the u.s they have good dental benefits they have it's solid right it's so solid and then it takes an act of congress to get you fired like they do not fire people in gs positions um that said um it can be stagnant and you're kind of in one place for a really long time they don't make a lot of cash but it makes up the benefits make that up um it can be a little bit boring and that's another thing that i didn't like in particular you're at the whims of the government and how slow the government moves on a lot of things if you move for contracting work the pros of contracting is uh you get to touch a lot more technology it's it's more fun especially if you're in it if you're into cybersecurity. you get to learn more things there's more stuff going on everything's moving really fast and everything so it's it's more fun to constantly keep up with the with the trends and everything the the con and it pays more it pays significantly higher like 30 to 40 percent higher <laughs> in in uh in in contracting work the cons the bad things is that their benefits are normally not that good like you get you know 14 if you're lucky 10 days off a year um unless you find a really good company that's comparable to you know giving you way more time off and stuff it's more volatile that's another thing that's really bad if you have a family i would recommend gs uh it's more it's boring but you're not gonna get fired contracting work i've been doing it for years um it's super volatile man it's it's crazy volatile yeah you get paid more but at any moment they can just let you go for any reason it's just ridiculous and especially now companies are not loyal to workers they really don't care and they are just they've been given like a carte blanche to do whatever they want to employees i know i'm not trying to complain or anything i mean i've been living off the the teat of contract work for many many years i now am an employee at a gigantic company even then though they can let me go at any time you know they let some guys go because some time card stuff that happened about a month ago so (laughs) so um yeah i I would say if you have a family you know if you're older you know if you're i would still stick with gs i would not move in this volatile crazy space now if you're younger dude you know if you're 20s you don't really if you have maybe a very young family you guys are living off of very, you know not as much money you don't have you don't have a like, gigantic house payment or anything like that you have less bills less debt or maybe you're single yeah go for it man go for the gs posi- i mean the contracting positions go for it try to start your own damn business like yeah go f- take the risks um if you got a little less to lose i would say that would that would be my so the thing is thomas i was actually offered something i was a i was a contractor about man what year was that 2008 in 2007 that time frame i was a contractor and i'd been a contractor for like five up five years up to that point and the gs the government took me aside and they were about to let they are about to let all our positions go, and they were letting us know like two years in, in advance. And they said, look, all the positions that we have, it was like risk management framework type work, developing system security plans, um, that kind of stuff, and uh, compliance, things like that. They said, look, sat me down, said, we're about to let this whole thing go. We're going to transfer over all your positions to gs positions are you interested in taking a position with us and i said hmm maybe i mean i would be able to retain my total active duty service so that wouldn't be bad i like working here i like working with the people it's pretty stable but then i said well how much how much does it pay though like i'm not familiar with the gs uh positions like how what what gs level would i be at and he said like a gs 9 or gs 10 and at the time it was um it was gonna pay me about fifteen thousand dollars less than i was making i was making about at the time about 75 and it was the most money i'd ever seen in my life in my I was it was the most money I'd ever seen in my life and I was I was happy with it I was making about 7580 something like that and they they offered me about 60 something and I was like I got to make I got to take a $15,000 pay cut I'm like I don't know like meanwhile I was like I'll think about it you know But meanwhile, I had a business on the side. The business was going good. And at the time I was like, this business is about to blow up. I'll make more money than all of this. And that's not what happened, by the way. The business didn't go well. Like it went well for a while and then it folded. So (laughs) anyway, so on the other side of it, you know, I wasn't taking super high risk. I was still looking for another job. I was like, well, let me look for another job and see what happens with that. And this other job offered me like 90. And I was like, what? So I had the choice of taking a job for 90. Now at the time, I had a kid, had one kid at the time. I was married, had a house payment, had all his debt. And so I got a chance to either make ninety, five, sixty-five, or 65 or 65,000. Right? And I'm like, mm, I'm going to take the 95. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i mean if i if i'd done it though here's the thing here's the drawback for me i would have i would have been able to retire from from uh i would have been able to retire by now so give and take you know and the retirement would have been uh, ooh, two thousand a month or something like that i don't know something like that to 1500 by now i'd be retiring so so, yeah, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, that's it, guys. I got to go make some food, um, some rice. Um, thank you guys for watching. I appreciate everybody's questions. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to everyone's questions, but I always I always appreciate all of these uh, these sessions we have. M. A. Jaw, if you have my email, please send me your resume. I'll take a look at it. Anybody else send me a resume. I'll take a look at it. If I have time. If, um, but if you sign up for my, um, let me pay some bills real quick. If you sign up for this, anyone else you or anyone else signs up for this, um, I will, you know, very guaranteed look at your resume guaranteed. Um, because I, you know, like if you've paid for it and I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through what I did. If you have any questions about this thing, I will help you out. And, uh, that's it guys. Thank you guys for watching. Appreciate